Hey y'all, this is Sherry Witt, and you're listening to Unashamed. Unashamed is our weekly podcast where we discuss everyday topics from a biblical perspective, as well as having special guests on to give their testimonies on how the Lord has worked in their lives. Our earnest prayer is that God will be lifted up, and this podcast can be used to further His kingdom. Now, on with the show, y'all. For the cause of Christ, I'll live my life. This week's podcast is sponsored by Hilton Photography. Vanessa Hilton has over 25 years' experience as a professional photographer. She's located in Germantown, Ohio. You can find her on Facebook at Hilton Photography, or you can call her at 513-218-9393, or email her at psalm1849 at hotmail.com. Well, our special guest today is Ron Jones, and Ron has a wonderful testimony that he's going to share with us today. Ah, uh, you only say that because it's true. Uh, we're going to have fun. There's going to be tears. We're going to talk about some stuff that happened in my life and some stuff that's probably happening in the listeners' lives right now as we speak. God has been better to me than anybody else in the world. That's the way I feel about it. God has been so good to me. I'm 67 years old. That means I'll be 70 years old in just three years. I'm blessed and highly favored. God has been so good to me. The best place to start is at the beginning. I was born and raised here in good old Hamiltucky, Ohio. Um, was raised to a Roman Catholic family. My dad took us to Mass every Sunday. I've got five brothers. We went to Mass at St. Peter's every Sunday, never missed. But my mom stayed at home. Uh, she was tired from from staying up all night on Saturday night, ironing six pair of pants. And I mean, she had those creases, you cut your finger on them. Uh, she, six pair of pants, six shirts. I mean, she was, she was a workaholic. But I went to church, uh, Roman Catholic church, went to Roman Catholic school. And when I was 13 years old, there was a little lady who lived across the street. Her name was Lena. Lena had one of those big hairdos. She got her hair done at Dairy Queen every Thursday. <laughs> she had one of those big hairdos, and uh, she would always shake her finger at me. Her That was her preaching finger. And she'd say, Ronnie Jones, God's got a plan for your life. He's got something special for you to do. And I'm thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, she invited me to church. Long story short, at the tender, tender age of 13 years old, which has been a long time ago, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. I went to my bathroom of all places. You can't get saved in your bathroom. Well, oh yeah. I went to my bathroom and knelt down between the bathtub and the commode. And I said, God, I want what those people have. And God heard that prayer. And I was born again. That's what they. That's what, what everybody always said back, back at that little church. I got born again there at that little, little church in Hamilton. And the Lord saved me, and I'm thankful. But I thought because I prayed that prayer that everything was going to be just life was just a bowl of cherries. Not so. I was raised in a very abusive home. My dad was mean. I mean, he, my dad would hurt you. I've got five brothers, and I've still got scars on my body from my dad. I mean, no sexual abuse, nothing like that at all. But, and even worse, worse than the physical abuse was the verbal abuse. You know, you're fat, you're stupid, you're cross-eyed, you're ugly, you'll never mount anything. And those things, 
you know, the kindest word is an unkind word unspoken. But my dad was mean to me. He really was. He was mean to all of us, but especially me. It, things got so bad at home. My mom ended up taking her own life. I'll never forget it. it was May the 11th. I uh, forget the year. Doesn't make any difference. She's gone. But mom took her own life just to get out of the pain. And there's a lot of people listening right now who have hit the wall. They can't, they say, I can't go any further. But let me tell you something. Jesus loves you so much. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. So tie a knot and hang on. It works. And I thought after all that abuse and stuff that, you know, everything would be fine after that. And then uh, more current, fast forward to uh, 2012, I went to uh, my family doctor and he said to me, he said, Ron, do you still have that heartburn? I said, heartburn? It was like an inferno on the inside. They call it acid reflux. And I lived on Gaviscon, Tums, Rolaids, Tum, 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 Tum. I lived on all that stuff for Alka-Seltzer, anything, anything to give you that burp of relief. And nothing helped. Well, he did an endoscopy where they send the Channel 9 news camera down your throat and they explore around. And he did that test and he said, Ron, there's something very suspicious. Sent me to another doctor and I was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. Two weeks after my dad was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. In fact, my dad died two weeks later. It's a very, you don't live long with esophageal cancer. And uh, I went to University of Cincinnati Hospital. Those two doctors, I'll never forget them. I'd like to punch both of them in Christ's love. <laughs> no, they both said, you're not going to make it. You've got esophageal cancer in the distal portion, which is the worst place to have esophageal cancer if you're going to have it. And they said I wasn't going to make it. They wanted to do what they call an Ivor Lewis technique. They wanted to cut me. Of course, you can't see me. They wanted to cut me from my rib cage all the way down past my navel. And then they wanted to go through my, my right rib cage, 10 to 12 inches, and remove my esophagus. I said, no, I'm going to find something different. So I went from, from University of Cincinnati Hospital to... Um, the James up in Columbus, uh, Ohio State University. And Dr. Patrick Ross, the chief of staff, he told me the same thing, said, Ron, I give you five years max. You're not going to live any longer than that. They wanted to do the same cut in front and also use a robot. When they said robot, I'm thinking Robbie the robot. You remember Robbie the robot from Lost in Space? I'm thinking one of those kind of robots, but it wasn't that kind. And I said, no, I'm going to go someplace else. So then I went to, you've seen their commercials on TV, the Cancer Treatment Center of America. This one was located in Philadelphia. My, they paid our way, which was awesome. My wife and I, they paid for my wife to go with me, and she's been incredible. I wish she was here right now to share her part, but I'll share her part. So I get there, and those two doctors said, Ron, you're not going to make it. You've got esophageal cancer. They wanted to do this Ivor Lewis technique, cut me up, I mean, gut me like a deer, and I said, no. And I went from see UC, Ohio State, Cancer Treatment Center of America in Philadelphia. Then I went to Miami Valley Hospital up in Dayton. And I met with two surgeons there. And I decided to go ahead and proceed with the surgery, which I didn't want to do because all my Christian friends were saying, you really don't have cancer. You really don't have cancer. I've prayed about it and you don't have cancer. 
I said, well, yeah, okay, but it shows up on all the tests. So on April the 26th, 2013, I laid down on a table for 14 hours while this robot, I mean, here the, the surgeon's in another room. He's looking at me on a high-definition screen as this robot's inserted in me for 14 hours. It was a brutal surgery. I've got I had 15, op, 15 uh, what am I trying to say? cuts, uh, incisions from that surgery. And they, they did that and they completely removed my esophagus, totally removed my esophagus. Listen up guys. I want you to listen, turn up the volume. I want you to listen to me right now. They removed my esophagus. And how many people do you know that don't have an esophagus? I'm probably it. You're you're it. I don't know anybody else. Esophagus (laughs) is gone. Then they removed 13, 13, uh, lymph nodes and they removed two-thirds of my stomach. Then they took the other part of my stomach that they didn't take out, one-third of it, and they stretched it up my chest. So now my new esophagus is part of my old stomach. And my new stomach is above my right lung behind my collarbone. I am the only person since my surgery that I know of, that they've told me of, that has survived this procedure. It was brutal, 14 hours. I've had no no uh, chemo no radiation. God has been so good to me. But my wife and I stood, and we still stand on. If you listen, you can hear some scriptures in the background. Mm-hmm. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. Those are all healing scriptures. This house is filled with the Word of God. I listen to this these, this CD by Kenneth Hagin. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, it fills this house. But my wife and I stood on Psalm 118, verse 17, that says, I shall not die but live and declare the word of the Lord. And God has been so good to me. He let me live. I remember sitting right there on those steps that I'm pointing at with my feeding tube sticking out of my stomach. And my wife would get real preachy on me. You'd think she was a Baptist. You'd think she was Steve Thornhill. <laughs> She'd point her finger out. She'd say, now you straighten up. She said, come on, say it with me. We would say it together. We would confess God's word. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And I've been doing that ever since the surgery. And I've had no chemo, no radiation. I mean, it's just miraculous. And, uh, uh, and that, was, that was extremely hard. But much worse than that was something I just went through April 17th of this year. My 41-year-old son, listen up, guys. My 41-year-old son, Ryan... Uh, died. I found him dead in his apartment. I went to take him to the doctor at seven o'clock in the morning. And uh, I went up to on the third floor where he lived, third floor apartment, knocked on the door, no answer. Texted him, no answer. Called him, no answer. And I went back downstairs three flights, which isn't fun walking up those steps with all these incisions. It's hard. So I went up there the second time, the third time, the third time, I beat on his door so hard, I think I woke up everybody in his building where he was. And uh, so I got desperate, and I called the Coleraine Police Department. And 40 minutes later, they sent a cop out. I wanted to punch him in the throat, too. (laughs) And I said to him, I said, he said, what's up? And I told him, he said, well, what do you want me to do about it? I said, well, what do you normally do on a call like this? He said, well, we normally break the door down. (laughs) I said, well... Help yourself. He's in apartment number 10. 
He said, I can't do that. I would get fired because I'm not allowed to. This is an apartment complex. He said, your best, he said, I suggest you just sit here and wait until the office opens up, which was two and a half hours, which was like an eternity. And finally, they sent a couple of their maintenance guys down. We walked up and I followed them up to the third floor apartment, apartment number 10 at the corner of Galbraith and uh, Coleraine right there near the corner. And they opened the door and I walked in and my son, my 41-year-old son, was dead in bed. He was laying there and had his boxers and his t-shirt on and his elbows were on the the mattress, but his hands were right straight up in the air like he was reaching for something. I don't know. I try to spiritualize that. I don't know if he was... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. God, God's ways are past finding out. I was there when the coroner came and he brought his thugs with him and they put my son on a cot, put him in a plastic bag and they threw him, literally threw him, almost dropped him in the back of this uh, wagon. And it's, it's been rough. It hasn't been, it hasn't been easy, but God's grace has been sufficient. In fact, I've got his urn downstairs. I didn't have the money or the insurance. And of course, he didn't either to have him buried, which I would have done. Uh, so my brother, God bless him, paid for his cremation, which $545 versus eight to $10,000. You know, we went ahead and had him cremated. His urn is right downstairs. Um, but I'm telling you, I don't care what you've been through. If you've been through the suicide of a loved one, if you've been through... Uh, a horrible diagnosis from the doctor if you've been through the loss of your child there's nothing in this world that can speak peace to you except God's word in fact in fact I printed this out I think it's so good a wife who loses her husband is called a widow a husband who loses his wife is called a widower a child who loses his parents is called an orphan there's no word for a parent who loses a child. That's how gut-wrenching the loss is, and it's, it's indescribable. But God Almighty and the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one sitting alongside, has spoken peace to my life. And the scripture that I have been standing on for my son uh, since his death is uh, Psalm... Wait a minute. No, no. Acts 16.31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Now, I'm not preaching my son into heaven uh, unless he had an encounter with Jesus. But I used to take him to church with me all the time. And every time the pastor would give an altar call, I would look over. And my son had his hand up in the air. He would pray, pray the sinner's prayer. And he told me his life was right. But he died from drugs. And I don't, see, I don't understand addiction, but I don't, because I, I don't have an addictive personality. But the, the police, the five policemen and the detective in the corner, they found, uh, uh, let me think of the name of it, uh, cocaine and fentanyl on his desk. There was, it was a, and they wrote, found a rolled up, $10 bill, which he was using to snort it, and a razor blade, which he was using to make a straight line. I don't understand this stuff, but all I know is uh, I've had people 
try their best to comfort me. And I understand. One guy said to me, uh, he said to me, suck it up, Ron. You got to die with something. And I wanted to lose my Christianity real bad with him. But I forgave him for what for that nonsense that he said to me. And if you're listening right now and you just got a bad diagnosis from the doctor or someone in your family committed suicide or you had, you know, just insurmountable odds against you, I'm telling you, Jesus is the only way you'll get through it. You won't get through it with Dr. Phil you won't get through it with psychology. Only Jesus can satisfy you. I'm telling you. Um, you know, I, I don't know what kind of response you get from this. Do you, do you have any, any you've only haven't been doing it very long. We haven't been doing it very long. Um, <clears throat> most of the people are friends on Facebook, so they, they have listened to it. But we have found out that it has been shared to Ireland and Canada and all around the United States. Isn't that awesome? It is. Yeah. Who would have thunk, huh? And China, yeah, China. yeah. Who would have thought that God would use two people from Carlisle? What's a Carlisle? I know. I never thought it would. <laughs> I never thought it would leave Ohio, except maybe family in Indiana, and then to see, to see this, and then you know to have, you know you you know, we asked word a of friend. Mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. Asked a friend. He gave his testimony. He gave us Pastor Thornhill's name. Pastor Thornhill gave us your name. You've given us some names, so. That's how this thing spreads. That's yeah. how you propagate the gospel. Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. Friend, uh, I realize we've never met, but do you know Jesus is your Savior? Uh, there's only one way to heaven, and His name is Jesus. You won't get there by Buddha. <laughs> your political ideas have has nothing to do with it. When you get to heaven, He's not going to ask you, are you Republican? Did you vote for Trump? Jesus loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. He knows the pain you've dealt with. He knows the grief, the loss, the separation. He loves you. He just loves you. And if you'd like to hear more about him, I would love for you to drop me a line. Am I allowed to do this? Yeah, yeah. Drop me a line. Write me a letter. Ron Jones. That's Ron with two N's. Everybody says, well, why do you spell your name with two N's? Well, because my mom stuttered. <laughs> you do snort like I do. <laughs> See, they took my esophagus, but they had left a snorter they in there. They left a snorter yeah. in there. <laughs> but write me a letter. Ron Jones, R-O-N-N Jones, P.O. Box 503. Ross, R-O-S-S, Ohio, zip code is 45061. We're, I'm going to give it one more time, aren't I? You can, sure. Why don't you give it for me, see if you remember. <laughs> you can forget that. I, I can't remember that. Ron Jones, R-O-N-N Jones, P.O. Box 503, Ross, Ohio, 45061-0, I forget. It doesn't make any difference it anyway. Make any difference. It doesn't speed the mail up anyway. Did you get that? And if you'd like to, uh, I would love to give you my CDs. I'm not going to sell them, but I'll. And whatever I, whatever money donation that you'd like to send to, to help pay for the postage of my CDs. I've got three of them: Alive and Well, Touch Through Me, and I Love to Praise Your Name. If you'd like a CD. Just ask for it. Send a donation to help cover postage. And whatever money comes in, if any, 
I will turn around and give it to this ministry uh, just to bless them so they can keep doing because you didn't get here free and it takes gas to get to Hamilton, Ohio from Carlisle. <laughs> God doesn't even know where Carlisle is. <laughs> now, wait a second. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So if you want to send a donation, please do. God will bless you. And I'll turn around and bless these precious people here. TBN yeah, I hosted the... for TBN for a number of years with Paul and Jan Krause. Okay, I know them. And then yeah. what is it? 700 Jim Club. And... Jim and Tammy Jim Baker. Baker. Yeah, I hosted with them. 700 Club did that for for a number of years. I've done every kind of Christian TV show that there is. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. To find out more about Ron Jones or to book him to come to your church, check out his website at www.ronjones.com. That's Ron, R-O-N-N, Jones.com. Thanks for listening this week to our podcast, Unashamed. We hope you enjoyed it. The song Unashamed is by Brian Free and Assurance from their album Unashamed. You can find more information about Brian Free and Assurance, a wonderful Southern Gospel group, at their website, brianfreeandassurance.com. See you next week, y'all.